Welcome to Sports Nut Central. We're nuts about sports. Well, folks, thank you for tuning in today. I say this every episode, but I've got a very special guest, and you might say he needs no introduction, but I thought that's kind of rude if I don't introduce him. So, ladies and gentlemen, this is Rob McLean. Hey, Andrew, it's funny. Uh, when I do Hockey Night in Canada, which is 34 years of saying, hey, tonight's a big game, and I think, gosh, how can I say tonight's a big game for the one millionth time and make it fresh? So I'm glad I'm one of your many special guests. <laughs> Yes, absolutely. And, and also for those uh, checking out our Sports Nut Central podcast, uh, this is an epi episode number five, of course, here with Ron. And it's kind of a play on words, Ron, the name of our podcast, because I had to talk to the guys about it. It's called Sports Nut because we're nuts about sports. Right. Kind of a play on words with Sportsnet, but not to copyright infringe there. Yeah. Oh, well, so. you know, I think Gene Principe has taken the uh, job. <laughs> I, I used to, I, I actually started the uh, pun thing because grapes obviously on the coach's corner segment would rattle on for the six minutes and there was a little bit of tension goes without saying. Uh, and I just thought the easiest way to kind of flip the script and make us maybe smile was the pun at the end, which became a bit of a bane of my existence. And I think a lot of the uh, viewers existence as well, because they can be irritating, but if they're good enough for Shakespeare, they're good enough for you. and me. <laughs> Agreed. And actually one of my, one of my good friends, a uh, big hockey fan, is a local comedian, and he's known as the pun master. So I'll have to introduce you to one of these days because yeah. these guys would be like this, I'm sure. Good. Yeah. So musically, we just spoke a moment ago about uh, my first concert, which I was happy to share with you was the Eagles because that's one of your favorite bands. So uh, just tell us a bit more. I know you're a hip fan of Eagles. Who else are you uh, into musically that we don't know about? Well, uh, a lot of the Canadian artists, uh, for sure. I was uh, a DJ before I became a host on hockey broadcasts. So for nine years, in fact, I was even the program director at CKRD in Red Deer. And we had to play uh, a quotient of Canadian music. On AM radio, it was 20%. And on FM radio, it was 33%. Uh, and we charted the songs as the hours went by to make sure we were meeting our Canadian CanCon. It was called Canadian Content Regulations. But that actually forced me to learn to love Canadian artists. Like my first show was April Wine at the Memorial Center in Red Deer, Alberta. And I saw the Stampeders, a Canadian act shortly thereafter, and lots of 70s. I, I was saying to you, Andrew, I, I feel like uh, right now, because hip hop music's been the new rock for a good 20 years, it's been absolutely uh, on top of the charts for two decades. And it's not really been in my mind, uh, which is almost like growing up in the 60s and not knowing there had been a British invasion missing the Beatles and so on. Uh, I feel I, I, it's been a revelation the last three months doing the In Conversation series to have hip hop artists, to have uh, John Sally, a former NBA player, was a real driving force in helping to facilitate uh, the beginnings of hip hop music. Uh, that, that has been a great thing. But back to the Eagles, uh, Last Resort's my favorite song. Did you see Bob Dylan just recently did an interview and cited Pretty Maids All in a Row as maybe the greatest song ever written? Uh, so that, I mean, the Eagles, track record speaks for itself, but uh, I love Last Resort for the simple premise, call someplace paradise, kiss it goodbye. And uh, I love the Tragically Hip for the song, The Wherewithal, which is a similar sentiment about, I always love that guy, he's not on TV anymore, to get out before he had the wherewithal. And that's, you know, kind of a Shakespearean idea of uh, vanity, of the you know, bonfire of the vanities that, you know, whatever vanity uh, starts to rule your life, uh, you know, how do you tame that vanity? And I, I always love that. Did you have the chance to ever meet Gord Downey? I feel like the answer oh, is yes, times. but... Yeah. Oh, gosh. <laughs> just... uh, he, I, I got to see him. My most famous meeting was uh, the first of the 10 shows that uh, closed his life. Uh, 
uh, was held in Victoria. And I went to that show. Uh, and then we went to the Empress Hotel bar afterwards, Gord and his brother, Patrick, and had a great conversation. That was the year I was coming back to Hockey Night in Canada, 2016, as kind of the principal host. Um, just had a memorable conversation about him saying, you know, Ron, if you elevate Nick, Kelly and Elliot, uh, you know, which is right back to my initial teachings from a guy named Wayne Barry, let your guest be the star. So it was funny to hear Gord Downey, but I'd, I'd met him many times. And one time I was at a golf tournament in uh, Elmira, Dan Snyder, who was killed in a car accident. He was with Danny Heatley and they had a car crash in Atlanta. So we were doing uh, the Dan Snyder Memorial Golf Tournament and Gord always supported that, as did Pearl Jan. It was amazing, the, the rock acts that came out to support Dan Snyder's situation. And I uh, remember I was quite hungover. I was coming from PEI uh, and at the Brad Richards Golf Tournament, and I had been up till like four in the morning, maybe an hour's sleep, and then I flew direct to Toronto and drove to Elmira to do the golf tournament. And there comes uh, Gord Downey on a golf cart the other way, and he had his uh, fingernails and toenails had been painted by his kids, crazy stuff. And... Uh, just to see Gord Downey was like, uh, it's going to be okay. You know, he, he, that's, the, that's the way he was. He had that impish grin uh, and that genius, uh, that penetrating, loving genius. So what a guy. He encapsulated what it meant to be Canadian. And I think you're in the same vein, Ron. You, yourself and Tara have the chance to tour the country and really get a sense from every province, every territory, every town that you can to encapsulate what it means to be Canadian. What can you say about what it means to be Canadian at this point after um, just just almost six seasons in. Well, it's funny. Tara grew up moving around a fair bit. She was in Halifax, Montreal, Toronto uh, as part of her youth. And I was an Air Force brat. Uh, and both of us were kind of only children. Tara has siblings, but she had a, a considerable window where she was the only one in the family, child that is. Uh, and I was the only uh, son of my mother and father, Ron and Lila. So I was always being uprooted and my, my sort of life would implode. I'd lose the group of friends I had at school. The hockey team I had made is gone and I got to start anew. And uh, what I think uh, I, I feel most about Canada is its expanse and the, the improbability that a kid from uh, Murray Harbor, Prince Edward Island, Brad Richards or Petty Harbor, Newfoundland, Alan Doyle of Great Big Sea or Steve Nash of Victoria and the Courtney Boys of Victoria, you know, the odds of them making it seem far-fetched uh, but of course they're not because of the way we have stitched the country together through things like hockey and music and comedy. Uh, that, that's what you observe. And then, and then the revelation for both Tara Sloan and myself was for sure. Uh, and maybe it coincided with Idle No More and Truth and Reconciliation, but uh, just had an incredible awakening with respect to the First Nations doing this tour. Uh, I always say it was Tara's idea to do the land acknowledgement to open the show, which we do. And I can say Chief Stacy LaForme at Mississaugas of the Credit, the land on which we're doing this podcast, uh, he's been a mentor to me to, to discuss ethics. Uh, and that goes right across the country. I could point to Catherine Tanise in Cranbrook, to Glenn Hudson, Chief Glenn Hudson of Pegwas First Nation, to Tanya Willard out in uh, Kamloops and Merritt. Uh, these are all confidants now bringing their wisdom, right? Their 10,000 years of wisdom to sort of change the lens through which I, I read about and think about ethics. Now, it makes me think of, uh, I'm not sure exactly when this was, but Gord Downey, I, I mean, you need to help me with this one, but it looked like he was sworn into one of the First Nations and he was extremely emotional and yes. just powerful, powerful moment. Would you be able just to talk about that? Yeah, the Downey Wenjack. So Cheney uh, Wenjack is a young boy who it's up near uh, Kenora, Ontario, is where his First Nation is situated. And he went to try and walk home from a residential school and perished. Uh, and so... Gord Downey, uh, he went to hear the story of Cheney Wenjack, 
uh, was made a, an honorary chief, uh, was given uh, the name that represented the stars in the sky, uh, night, night full of stars. Uh, and, and he always said, as he went to do the last of the 10 shows, which was in Kingston, and I introduced that show from Rio de Janeiro. It was one of the most surreal experiences of my time. Um, anyway, the, Gord they, they captured him on the film, uh, Long Time Running. You know, he's thinking as he hits the stage, he knows he doesn't know his song lyrics anymore but he knows he's got a teleprompter for that. He also knows, knows he has one message he wants to convey uh, to the audience, to the big Canadian audience, all the viewing parties, and it's a two-word message. And he's just hoping he can remember the two words. And the two words are First Nations. That's all he wants to get across in that final show is, you know, we have to do more for the First Nations. Uh, it, was a, it was so moving, so, so well, I'll show you here uh, in behind on my bookshelf. That whole... Uh, that whole section of books right there, that's all First Nations information. Those are books from Tanya Talega and Tanya Tagak and John Ralston Saul, The Comeback. There, there's obviously eagle feathers and beaded uh, pendants. And that just gives you a sense of how deeply I've been uh, affected. I know Tara and all of our Rogers Hometown Hockey crew have been uh, impacted and affected. Um, and Gord Downey, one of the great first champions. There's now a thing called a legacy space all across the country. There are Downey Winjack. Uh, legacy spaces put in like the Rogers One Mount Pleasant building, where it's uh, inlaid with the indigenous history, and there are you know artwork uh, examples uh, to just give you a place to go and reflect on uh, on those ten thousand years. Had the chance to speak with Tara uh, not too long ago, and uh, just an amazing heart she has. I mean, I, I couldn't. I'm not just to pump up her ego. It's actually mm -hmm. a fact. Uh, oh. What a sweet, sweet individual she is, and. Uh, how did your relationship come about working with her and how is that dynamic? Well, unfolded? it's the craziest thing. Uh, Gord Cutler was a producer at Hockey Night in Canada. He had just come into the job and Scott Moore had uh, wanted to create this hometown hockey idea. And not just Scott, but I think there were a few people. Still, it was kind of Scott as a driving force. And uh, so they set up a meeting at Starbucks in downtown Toronto, right next to the CBC building. And it was Tara and me. And I got there and was kind of, you know, making conversation wondering, well, when is Gord Cutler going to arrive? And, uh, or Scott Moore or somebody connected to this concept of Rogers Hometown Hockey, which was new to the two of us. Tara had approached Scott when she first heard about this idea uh, and, and said, I would be interested in hosting. So I think what the two of those guys, Gord and Scott, were doing was setting up a coffee between Tara and me to see if we could tolerate one another, I guess. And I, I, I went away from the meeting not knowing what, what the meeting was for, other than potentially that. And that's how it started, very innocent. But, but like you're observing there, uh, her heart was immediately uh, available to see. And honestly, uh, her background, you know, rock and roll singer, so her connection to the emotional heart, uh, that's how you connect uh, in rock and roll with, you know, reflecting the heart. Uh, her education, her, um, her work as a host in television gives her the, the technical excellence. Uh, and then her, her background is a combination of Judaism and Buddhism. Uh, so she's bringing a, a lens again of uh, penetratingly interesting uh, takes on uh, love and awakening um, and activity. You know, the, the purpose in her life, the service of her life uh, is, is quite fascinating to watch for sure. And it's just cut out for anything she does, of course, but it's certainly cut out for Rogers Hometown Hockey. I found it kind of surreal yesterday because I haven't been able to tune into every episode, but I did tune in yesterday to her meditation uh, for those who can't oh. sit still. And yeah. sure enough, you were her guest. So I was able to partake with the both of you. 
And I got to tell you, it was such a beautiful thing to not even have you guys know I was there or anybody else, maybe to a degree, but how connected it felt. Yeah, I won't look at the thing when I do those meditations because it's a crawl, right? Like you would have on Instagram comments and such. I think, well, how can I, you know, clear my head if I'm looking at that? Um, Tara has to because she's the host. Uh, but uh, it, it's a great example of what she does. And now you heard us mention her new show starts Sunday on Sportsnet One and Sportsnet Now, which is called uh, The Top of Her Game. And there's, again, just a, an element of, you know, in this case, she's a devout feminist in terms of uh, opportunity, space for the female story, uh, the female lead. And so, yeah, that'll be a great series for Tara to host and born to it again. Now, I do have a copy of one of your books here. The other one is digital, uh, because during COVID, uh, even Amazon Prime does not work as fast as it right. would like to, right. but I uh, got hockey towns here. Yeah. And um, I, have to, I have to say, I, I did skip ahead a little bit to read the St. Catharines and Niagara Lake chapter, because I am a Niagara guy, of exactly. course, and learning about Gary Cheevers. And then, of course, uh, a story that I was surprised by, and that was the Kanopka family. Yeah, Zen and Kanaka. That that uh, his background, uh, he's kind of you know again uh, with Tara's story uh, and her grandmother. If you don't know Tara's grandmother was, uh, she was qualified to go to McGill. They had a, a quota of Jewish students at McGill back in the day, and she made it. Uh, she made the cut. And as but her father said, no, no, it's not for you. You should be a, a you know a teacher or a nurse or a mom. We don't need a litigator. Uh, and that that was kind of a driving force in Tara's life. And it's the same with the Zen and Kanopka family story, you know, to come over uh, to escape oppression, um, you know, to have a guy like him who is a, was an ultimate warrior, um, captain, uh, winemaker. <laughs> you know, it's really a great story. So I hope, I'm glad you got to see that one. Yeah, I mean, just the, the ties back to World War II, mm -hmm. uh, Polish occupied, or uh, I guess it was German occupied Poland. Correct. And just uh, Big Z passing away years later, Zenit Kanopka writing down, I want to make the NHL. And then sure enough, mm -hmm. plays for the Niagara Falls Thunder here in town, Junior B Canucks. And then uh, you, you didn't want to end his story that way, Ron. So what, did he reach out to you and thank you for that? Absolutely. Yeah, he, uh, he, he, I haven't got it yet, <laughs> but we have a box of wine uh, as, a, as a payback, as a thank you. But Zenon doesn't need to do that for me. Uh, you know, I think the world of him always have and always will. And that's a great thing about our little fraternity. Uh, you, you get to know these stories. And I will say, you know, one of, the, one of the, again, revelations of Black Lives Matter. I saw Pinball Clemens do a little thing uh, recently. I, I belong to a group many speakers agencies exposed, but this was speaker spotlight and they had a six person panel on black lives matter after George Floyd's killing. And Mike said, well, I'm to blame. I'm to blame. Cause I forgot what it was like. You know, I got status and I got busy and uh, I forgot to tell the stories or listen to the stories. Uh, and that's, you know, I, I think a lot of times, uh, Andrew, we go through life uh, superficially. Uh, it, it, it's, that's where the Kanopka story, that book, you know, is filled with stories. And Christy McClellan Day obviously helped shape and craft it. She's got the gift of concision that I haven't. Uh, but we, we do tend to uh, float through uh, and just kind of live by the economic engine. Uh, and, and we serve it instead of a, a, a sort of a, a setup of our world that would serve us and connect us and, and then deepen, uh, you know, instead of... Uh, just uh, respecting your neighbor, you truly would love your neighbor, and that means you'd find out about your neighbor. So it was great to have Zen and Cher. 
and Cheevers. Oh my God, Jerry <laughs> I could go on about St. Catharines area. Like Doug Favell, the first time I went over to the Buffalo Sabres games, I used to do an intermission segment. Joe Crozier was Don Cherry's old coach. And out of the clear blue sky, Joe was working in public relations with the Buffalo Sabres. He said, Ron, would you consider coming down and doing an interview segment on the Jumbotron maybe four times a year? It's Joe Crozier, Don's old coach. All right, I'll go. And so I interviewed Teeter Kennedy from Fort Erie, of course, Port Colburn, but he was working at the track in Fort Erie and Doug Favell and uh, just great. You know, that, that the hockey connections there are, you know, fantastic. And some of them connect to me in the funniest ways that uh, I'm very proud of. So we know that the narrative for the game of hockey and sports is just on the, it's going to change long, long story short. And how do you see that happening for Hockey Night in Canada going forward? What's your, what's your vision of how things are going to look? Well, that's a great question, Andrew. And it's not really my place to, to form an opinion on it or to, to at least publicly. <laughs> but I think, you know, you can feel the, the movement afoot to, uh, to be more inclusive, diverse. Those are automatics. Um, I, I think, you know, we went through, a, you know, bless Don's heart, you know, we went through the, mo the most difficult thing because Don did so much to build excitement. He's such a great performer. Um, but that, you know, that cultural shift uh, that was happening in our world uh, kind of left us in the dust, the coach's corner, both of us. Um, and, and I think that's, you know, what, what I, I, I obviously wrestle with this particular topic for however many months it's been. Um, and I, I kind of come back to Don's beautiful awareness of knowing your audience and being able to reach his audience. But there's a difference between knowing your audience and reaching them and loving your audience and doing what's right by them. And I think we got, caught or Don especially maybe got caught you know just so convinced that his audience couldn't endure a shift away from the you know and and, and when I have to buffet this by saying you know when I go up to Yellowknife the, the First Nations there the chief spoke and said I really miss Don Cherry you know so he he had such an emotional connection to the oppressed or the uh, marginalized the minority that he felt like the anti-establishment and that made him the conduit that was actually effective in reaching the viewer so it's a real, you know, real interesting thing that happened. And uh, in the end, and I was down in Welland when this all shook down doing Rogers hometown hockey. Uh, in the end, um, Don had a chance to say uh, sorry and we move on, uh, but he didn't want to. He just felt like that was at this point in his life, as he, as he said to me, you know, you did what you had to do, Ron, and I did what I had to do. And, and hasn't affected our love affair, but it's obviously affected the, the path of Hockey Night in Canada. And that's all part of uh, the transformation I spoke of earlier, is how do we, how do we become something uh, more inclusive? Because it's a big country. Uh, we did well connecting it when it was kind of that colonial you know, French-English, but we're, we're more than that. And we need to be that on Hockey Night as well. Well, your message to him afterwards on the, I guess, what we'd say is the last installment of Hockey Night was beautiful. You're declaring your love for him. Mm -hmm. That was a beautiful thing. And I think the nicest thing, the nicest thing Don ever said was in the forward to cornered. I read that and my gosh, that was probably one of the nicest things I've ever heard him say about you was on paper. So and yeah. that, that was, that was beautiful too. Yeah, we, you know, we will be for forever, right? That's 34 years of fun. We, we'd sit and watch, you know, and it's funny watching Trump right now in the United States, Donald Trump, president of the United States. Um, you know, I watched his rally in Tulsa and he's given it to the media and you know who that could be, right? It's just, uh, they're cut from the same, you know, cloth of resonating with who they need in order to, to succeed. And it's not to judge. I mean, that's the biggest, uh, you know, we, Don always said, uh, oh, Ron, you live in the land of Billiken. Billiken was a doll that came out in the early 1900s. 
uh, out of St. Louis, Missouri, and it was the God of how things ought to be. And uh, he always said, you're living in that land of Billiken, you know, the world as it should be. That isn't how it is. You are as you're perceived to be now. Shape up. And who, could, who could be mad at that, right? <laughs> well, it, this week you've got a couple episodes of In Conversation coming up. And we've got some action in the NHL world, the draft coming up uh, this Friday. So just talk about what you guys might have planned for the episode if you can. Yeah, Friday's episode will deal with the draft lottery. Not exactly sure, technologically speaking, as you and I were discussing, you're using two devices and Zoom technology to facilitate this. Uh, I think we'll flip over to Skype on Friday to do a show that will involve all of our crew, as many as we can. It's kind of an exciting day around the hockey scene because of the draft lottery. So my goal is that I interview Bettman and Fear, Gary Bettman and Donald Fear, obviously representing the Players Association in the league. Maybe uh, Jeff and Elliot interview some of the principals like Jason Lafreniere or Quentin Byfield and Pierre Dorian. Maybe David Amber or Carolyn Cameron take on uh, another aspect of that story and just sort of point us towards July 10th and training camp and update us on what may have come out of uh, Gary Bettman's address that night. We might find out the hub cities that night. So we're kind of on a high alert, uh, not knowing if it'll be a newsworthy day or not, you know, so that, that's the plan for Friday. And then uh, Wednesday show will be uh, really the last of the In Conversation series, because I'm going to stop the series uh, to start to apply myself to uh, NHL training camp and the resumption of play. Uh, Mark Tewksbury and Shay Smith. Shay is a sprinter, bobsledder, and Mark is a uh, former gold medalist in backstroke at the 92 Olympics in Barcelona. And that'll be a chat about, uh, you know, his seminal book, uh, I'll show you right here, uh, Inside Out was Tewksbury's book. Uh, that he, he came out in 2000, and uh, I know I talked to him about it during the Beijing Olympics in 08, and I got kind of criticized in the Globe and Mail and elsewhere for talking like that because the audience wasn't ready to hear about gay rights back in 2008. Times are changed, and they keep changing. Well, I think love has to be at the center. That's just in my opinion, that's number one. Yeah. In regards to the draft here, we'll kind of wrap up quickly here, Ron. I'm not, I'm not one for predictions usually. I think we have a little fun with predictions, but I think the Buffalo Sabres could use a dynamic duo, duo just like yeah. there are all over the place. And I've just been thinking about it a lot, and I wanted to run it by you. Seeing Jack Eichel alongside Alexei Lafreniere, I know it's a prediction, and it, I don't even know if it's going to come true, but would you see something like that for Buffalo? How good would that be for a team like that? Oh, uh, it would be fantastic. You know, it's, it's one of the reasons I think uh, Edmonton's got a great chance to win the Stanley Cup this spring or this autumn. Uh, isn't that funny? Uh, I just think that dynamic duo now, it doesn't happen overnight. Uh, Malkin and Crosby finally sort of gelled, uh, obviously, in 2009, although they were close in 08. Um, so that, that strength of a one-two punch is like Messier, Gretzky, through the history of, you know, Fedorov and Iserman. Uh, Forsberg and Sackick, you, you can kind of see that as the, the force that next to goaltending is most important. So it would be a great get. I think Ottawa obviously has designs on that potentiality as well. Um, and whoever doesn't uh, get Lafreniere, who's a winger, that's one interesting aspect to it. Uh, Quinton Byfield is a, a force too. So, uh, but yeah, that would be Buffalo needs it. Kevin Adams needs it. It's a deep draft. It's a very, very deep draft, according to a lot of the experts out there. Uh, one more random question for you today. I was curious because we talk music and, you know, a lot of the things around Canada, but never heard you talk about movies. So what's your favorite movie if you have one or you can list a couple? 
Yeah, I, I since you mentioned love earlier there, I like Casablanca. That seems to be the romantic flick for all time. I like, uh, you know, I got kind of into The Godfather and Scarface and all the mob movies that were out in the 70s and 1980s. Um, more recently, uh, oh boy, I should uh, should be able to give you something recent because I've watched a lot of, Carrie and I have been drawing movies out of a hat uh, and probably have watched 30 movies over the 90 days of COVID-19. Um, I just like anything uh, Brad Pitt has done. I think, you know, uh, Inglorious Bastards is one of my favorite performances by Pitt. Uh, but yeah, he's a funny, you know, I, I should resent him for his good looks and everything else, but I think he's a brilliant performer. And uh, yeah, probably anything Pitt's in would be what I would recommend. You've seen Shawshank Redemption, I take it? It's oh, just of course. A wild guess. Yeah, yeah, of course. You know, a neat story about that is uh, Morgan Freeman, when Brad Richards, who's, you know, I, I've only befriended two players when they were in the midst of their careers, uh, where I communicated, you know, I, I try to stay away and stay clear of polluting my mind and starting to favor storytelling in a direction uh, or be afraid to say something critical if the case occurs. But Brad Richards is one. Um, and when they were trying to get him to be a Los Angeles king, Morgan Freeman narrated the video. Kobe Bryant appears on camera uh, saying, Brad, you'll love it here in Los Angeles. But Morgan Freeman, imagine, does the narration of this. You And Gretzky appears and they have uh, Glenn Frey of the Eagles with a guitar for Brad. They went, like, you can't believe the uh, lengths they went to to try to get him to be LA. But he signed in New York because his parents in PEI could see his playoff performances. Too tough for uh, two lobster fishermen to be up because lobster fishermen in PEI have their season at the same time as the Stanley Cup playoffs. But yeah, I, I, well, anyway, what was your thing about Shawshank Redemption? That's your favorite? It's actually my dad's. So I had to put that out there for him today because I know oh. he was super excited. <laughs> he was really excited for me to chat with you. So I, yeah. I felt like he would appreciate that. And I, I do love the movie as well, but yeah. I just, there was something about it. I'm like, you know, you're close to my dad's age. And I thought maybe you would appreciate that film as well. So I do love that film. Yeah, it's brilliant. Well, Ron, thank you so much for taking the time uh, as part of Sportsnet Central, but also just for chatting with myself and uh, can't thank you enough for taking the time. And we can't wait to see you hosting Hockey Night in Canada, of course, again, very shortly. All right, Andrew. Thank you and good luck with the podcast. Keep up the great work yourself. Sports Nut Central. We're nuts about sports. <laughs>